What's up, crew? Welcome to Filming in Progress, the show that takes you backstage into the world of local businesses and the people who make them shine. Our guest today is Arif Maharali, who began his career in oil and gas. Armed with over a decade of experience in project management and digital marketing, Arif is now the force behind CityBlock Agency, a digital marketing firm dedicated to the real estate and builder sector. Join us for an exploration of Arif's career trajectory, focusing on his shift from corporate to entrepreneurship and the enduring influence of genuine connections in the business world. Arif, CEO and founder of CityBlock. Yes. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm super excited. Likewise. Um, How do you find yourself in the position that you're in right now? Oh, um, I am a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I have always been that person since since high school, you know, I started a landscaping company and I, you know, had multiple companies after that and uh, also went to the corporate world. So I've done that and realized that, no, I want to be an entrepreneur. So I came back to it in 2014 and uh, the rest is history. Landscaping business. I also recently found out via your LinkedIn that you uh, you owned a salsa dancing studio. Yeah, again, an entrepreneur. So I'm the type of person that, you know, when I want to learn something, I go hard and I study it, whether it's martial arts, which I've done, salsa. So one year I, uh, I went into a studio and I was, uh, you know, one of the very few guys and the instructor's like, you can pay for this one class, but do you want to stay for the rest? And I'm like, sure. So I got like accelerated learning. And uh, at that time, that studio owner moved to Vancouver. And I was like, I had a really good friend that was also one of my instructors. And I said, let's carry it on. Let's compete. Let's teach these students. And so I had that for quite a while. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. No doubt. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I feel like I've known you for years and I had no clue. I Yeah, when I posted that on LinkedIn, the amount of comments that came back and it was that it's like, we didn't know. And so anyway, awesome. yeah. Um, you mentioned constant learning in there and I think that's such an important key element of an entrepreneur in general. Yeah. Do you think that has always been ingrained in you? You know, you mentioned from a young age, you were an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's a skill set that makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. Um, we can never always have all the answers. We usually are resourceful in trying to figure out the answers, and so that means learning. So I think an entrepreneur is one that's um, always on Google, always networking, uh, building relationships, learning about you know what others are doing, how they're doing it better, and seeking that for themselves. And that's, that's, that's been my journey. Um, if you ask any of the people that are close to me, they will always say that I'm well-researched, so I'm always like looking into things. It doesn't matter what it is, um, but I want to understand how things work and why they work, and then I'm like, hmm, how can I bring that into my ecosystem and make it better or implement it or whatever? So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ongoing and will always be an ongoing process. So bringing that learning into the founding of your current business, CityBlock, yeah. um, you know, often businesses are stemmed from uh, a need that exists or, or a problem that exists that you can solve. Um, is that how CityBlock came about? 100%. Uh, I started a build company uh, in 2014. So we were doing high-end renovations and um, you know, we built a few small uh, units, like a cottage. And I didn't know anything about marketing. So I was like, well, there's this thing called social media. And (laughs) again, because I'm always learning, took my phone everywhere I went. I started to document what I was doing, teaching prospective clients about the industry. What are the questions you ask a tradesperson, an electrician, a plumber? How are things built? And I wanted to educate them. With that uh, came trust. And so I was doing this for years and I had other companies contact me and say, hey, can you help? Like, what is this social media thing? Can you help us with it? And I was like, no, I, I build or do renovations. I, but this is what I do. And I would just give them those um, techniques. And then in 2018, I was burning out bad as a builder and realized like, I'm not very good at dealing with um, this industry, but I 
think there's something there with the marketing and I think I can help builders and developers with their marketing. And so that's how the company took off. Um, and ever since then, we've grown into a full solution, solutions provider um, on the sales and the marketing side. So interesting so the, so the need for marketing and and kind of how you got to that conclusion that that's what you would be good at helping people with is yeah. by doing it yourself first 100 percent, right and then them coming to me and saying we don't know how so that's a problem that's the problem and i was like well i have something i can help you with to get you going uh and so we were the solution um now it's different right a lot of these companies will hire internal staff etc but we still embed with some of those internal staff to do some of the execu executable things like digital ads and CRM support, HubSpot, et cetera. So there's always, there's always a need. Um, and we try to identify how can we parachute in, be part of your team, and then deliver on that aspect. Do you find that need is ever changing in your industry? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's fast, right? AI is the big thing right now. So our conversations, AI comes up. Right, and so the buzzword is AI, but they don't really understand it. And so we're there to kind of bridge that gap and say, well, this is what it does. This is what it's good at. It's not a full solution, but does it help? Absolutely. Uh, and this is how we integrate it. <clears throat> so same with marketing, right? One social channel is hot for a year or two, and then there's another one, and then there's another one. So how do we help them adapt to be part of that? So it's, it's constantly changing. And we're the, we're the eyes and ears on the ground to help them with that. Right, right. Um, you know, I've always known you to be big on personal branding, and I imagine that's kind of what, what started your foot in marketing and, you know, how you, how you get a lot of your work these days and that sort of thing. Why is that important? We do business with people we trust. Simple. Um, we understand that you have a product or a service but before that, it's like, who am I dealing with? Who am I going to deal with on a daily basis? And then what's, their, what's the extension of them? So the staff, you know, how, how do they hire staff? Are they the same uh, ilk or like same values as, as the leader or the person that I want to engage in? So it trickles down. But the first point is like, can we get along? Do we understand each other? Are you listening? Um, can you help me? And I think in my role is a lot of business development and I never go in for the sale. Never. I never pitch what we do. I mean, a lot of them know what we do. I want to get to know you. Like, do you golf? Do you have kids? I have kids. Great. Let's talk about that. Like th these are our conversations, uh, on an ongoing basis. And then you start building that rapport and then, and then they ask, so what are you guys working on? Then you tell them like, it's an honest coffee. Um, and I think it takes a certain person that has patience for that because if, in my mind, if I'm sitting there like only wanting to meet people for the sale, you'll see a very different person. So personal brand is what you're buying into, um, the person who's leading that brand and then the trust that's going to be gained, uh, and loyalty and all those things. I think that's where it starts. Um, so that's why it's important to me. Yeah, I love that. And I think I think it's so common these days that people are basing business relationships off of personal relationships first, you yeah. know, just caring about other people. And that's so important. Um, on the flip side, I, I'm curious as to how you measure or if it's even necessary to measure the ROI on, you know, going for coffee or spending time with these people before the business conversation even comes up. <clears throat> Great question. Um, you always want to monitor that side of things. Uh, I think it comes in different forms. So are we talking monetary, like ROI on, okay, well, I met with this person or these people, uh, the cost was this. And in return, if I keep meeting these people at this cost, we need some sort of, you know, yeah, that, that number is important. Uh, my ROI, that's more important. And the CFO would think a little bit differently, although she's still supportive of how I conduct the business is, well, maybe I didn't do business with you, but we hit it off so well that you just referred me to two other people that I did do business with. And so that whole ecosystem can get quite deep. And so if you're sitting there and you're like trying to figure out the ROI path, it gets daunting. 
eventually when you do that over and over and you meet good people and they trust you and they start talking is you start creating this whole thing and then the roi is 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 insignificant at that point because you land these massive projects and you know it was because of where you started so it's a journey um our sales cycle is you know six months to to 12 months to a year but you can go you can look back and say ah the link was from there and it produced this that's the roi i'm going to do more of this right so people are talking about you uh and you're not in, you, you never paid them there's an investment they just really liked you and what you do so yeah you look at it but you don't base your actions on that cuz you'd be pivoting constantly it's not working go over there it's not working you know that kind of thing do you think that that um a lot of businesses are operating this way these days or do you think that's like kind of a competitive advantage and and i hate to even use the words competitive advantage because realistically it's caring about people yeah. and that's foundational yeah. and everybody should do that yeah. but i feel like some people are still just missing the ball 100% um if i said it was a competitive advantage then i have i have an agenda so let's take that off I truly care about learning about people's um struggles in what we do. And if we can help them, we're here. I think business right now is still about the dollar, uh not the time. So it takes a lot of work to do what I do. I I actually get comments um feedback. How do you how do you have time? How do you do cuz whatever i'm doing on linkedin or whatever you know i'm constantly out i i have my team i do all that and i'm like i i i couldn't answer that because i don't think about it it's just who i am so chasing the dollar and the quick sale i think still happens because it's it's easier but it's i find it even more stressful um uh, cuz you're tr- you're looking for quick gratification on a constant basis whereas mine takes more work but it's longer term relationships and it's growing you grow with the company so i don't know if there's a silver bullet in in training people how to do this because i think it just comes internally um but if you look at society right now and even the service model go to a restaurant there's restaurants right now where you still have people that will care about you being in that restaurant and there's others where they're like let's go and the ones that are like we don't really care I'm not going back so they lose and they're going to continue to lose because there's people like myself and others that I my circle that do the same thing and we win because we genuinely care and it takes time but it's a long game business is a long game entrepreneurship is a long game and it's probably harder than you know doing the 9 to 5 corporate life which is nothing wrong with that so um no one wants to put work in right we got apps we got uh systems and and all of that quick fixes quick fixes how many of those have ever worked the long term so Yeah, you you can't really you either have it in you uh and you make that part of your DNA in business or you just keep chasing and you're chasing and you're chasing. So how do you apply that same that same, you know, genuine care for your clients and and the people around you to your internal team? Yeah, um again, it starts with the leader and and their values. And so if I if I have certain values and I treat a a client with those values I shouldn't have a switch that comes back to the office and then I switch it and I'm like now I got value different ways to deal with my team you have to be consistent that's why you can't fake it it's part of your character and so it's whether it's a client or your team everyone is respected um and everyone is uh empowered and so even with clients we like to empower our clients and make them feel part of the conversation even if they don't understand so a concept we still want to empower them same with my staff right it's like collaboration um giving them uh interesting projects to do all that kind of stuff 
you can't change you can't change who you are because of who's around you or what they are right so um yeah i think there's consistency there and we're we're very focused on the high touch client experience so the staff knows that of me uh if i was to ever get tense it's around that concept did we communicate efficiently right or do we care about the client and they also have the same value we care about the client um so that's how we hire that's who we hire right so i hire them as staff and we hire clients that are similar that believe in those values mm-hmm. i imagine putting that out into the world it, it, it kind of attracts people but on both sides right so it attracts great clients it attracts great uh staff and everything in between um have have you, has there ever been a case where that wasn't the case you know maybe you maybe you had a bad hire you had a bad client and how did you deal with that business is business and so we learn and get better at business by making mistakes <laughs> uh usually when you start business you take anything you're everything to everyone and that was our probably my, one of my first mistakes in 2018 i was doing all sorts of sectors i we were we we would take anything i didn't understand the numbers so we got a contract there was like some number behind it let's go so as you get better at what you do and you understand what you're very good at you start to 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 lean out and focus on those clients right so so you have those tough conversations with some of the old clients and say we got to we got to part here uh one reasons cuz we're focusing on this industry or if they're in the industry you know our rates are going up this is why we're hiring better people we want them to stay all that kind of stuff um I think when you're aligned with a certain sector uh and certain demographic on the client side, you then can attract your staff to align with that. Again, it's down to values, etc. So early days I was scattered. We took anything and so I found my team was scattered and so maybe it was more on me than on them. You know, so we bring people in and and they're not the right fit. They're not the right fit. They're not the right fit. Well, that's cuz I I didn't have a fit. And so as we started to lean out and understand exactly what we're going to do, the hiring changed and we started to get people that were very aligned. They understood. I was clear. The clients also gave them feedback and it was it's a nice. And so that's where we are today. Uh but when you're starting out, it's it's trial. It's learning. It's pivoting. Um I know that word gets used a lot, but it's true. Um an entrepreneur that is not self-aware is the one that's going to fail. So if I wasn't self-aware of what was happening and a lot of it was most of it was me, I'm the leader, right? Whether it's choosing a certain client or hiring a certain person. Um if you're not self-aware, you'll never change. And so you'll continue that world. And there's businesses that will operate for years that way. But you hear that's where you hear it's a toxic culture or those clients are high maintenance or whatever. I'm trying to get away from from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the, you hear it all the time, you know the the poison comes from inside, right? So for example, if a founder or or somebody of power, somebody the CEO, whatever the case may be, is maybe maybe they're maybe it's not even poison, but maybe they're scatterbrained or they're not structured or whatever the case that that translates to all of the all the staff and and in turn the clients as well. Um you you mentioned that you know you you kind of went through a a, port, a moment of clarity for yourself. Mm-hmm. What what drove you to that? What maybe what were the realizations that that made you say, "Oh, I need to I need to focus on this so that my business can grow." Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that's always been like that. So self-improvement, learning about self is is in me. But let's take that aside because it's not for everyone. Um In the last 2 years I realized that I don't have all the answers and that I need guidance and so I I went out to seek um some sort of guidance. So twofold uh I'm part of a great program that offers me three mentors that have succeeded in business and now are giving back. Um and it's a it's been amazing. So every month I'm accountable to these three individuals who are very different. Um that actually coach me on me about my business. It's not business coaching. This is as a leader. And so I get to be vulnerable and transparent on what I'm struggling with. And so they've helped me navigate uh have you thought of this, you know, kind of scenario. So they lead me down conclusions which is a a synapse in my brain, a new kind of connection 
that I get to bring back to the team or my clients and try. And then you'll see the successes and then you're like, oh, this is great, this is working. So that's one. The other one is, is um, I've decided to engage in other entrepreneurs that are in my sector, marketing. Some could say there were competition who cares? And hey, do you want to do you want to have a coffee every month and just talk about us in business and what we're seeing? And and that's been very awesome too. So I've made some very good friends that we literally just meet up um, and we talk about our businesses. And so I try to meet with ones that are more mature than I am in business, so I can learn. So those two have really helped me. Um, and kept kept me really thinking about who am I in this business to my staff, to my clients, and to my family, because ultimately your family is part of that too. So, I, I want to explore both of those both both of those things for sure. But to start, like you you know you talk about this idea of mentors, and I think um, I think that's an increasing increasingly valuable thing. Or not even increasingly valuable, but increasingly uh, available. Um, you know, whether it be a program or, or a direct mentor situation, whatever the case may be. The um, the beauty of that, though, I think, is that in the past, it's always been business first, business first. I'm yeah. going to coach you on business. I'm going to tell you how to do these yes. things, whatever the case. Yeah. Now, I think that's switching. I do think, you know, it, it starts from within. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but changing who you are so that you can then show up in business better. Yes. How, how has that experience looked for you? And did you know that going into this program that you're in? Or did you, what did that, what did that look like? I, well, I knew I was struggling with something. So that's why I was reaching out to, and it, the struggle was me. Um, emotional intelligence is, is probably what we're talking about here in the sense that we forget as entrepreneurs about how we conduct ourselves in, in business. And I have a pretty strong handle on that, but I'm not perfect. And mine, mine was more around like, you know, I started the company, I did this stuff, I was in the weeds and then it starts to grow. And then you start to get removed from that. Then you have a team. Now you got some HR things happening. Like there's all these things as you grow as a leader that you can't predict that you have an answer for. So they just happen and then you start to feel a little lost. And so that's what drove me to kind of seek that out uh, because I knew I need to be more available on an emotional capacity for these, um, for, for my staff, but also in business for clients. I find psychology is the biggest piece of this. I really do. It's not about the thing. It's about, they have a problem. You need to listen and understand before you're thinking about dollars in your brain and how you're gonna to get to that point. Like, let's sign a contract. So I, I knew that I needed to pivot the way I engaged people personally, and I've mentioned this, and it's more of like just like the little skills, like intentful listening, right? All these little things. Um, that I've started to put into practice. And man, when you actually are fully aware and present in listening, you get way more information. I just had a call this morning uh, with what could have been a great, um, a great service on, on the digital ad side we provided. And after an hour, I really realized that that business was still confused about what they do or what they wanted to offer. But because I was listening, I said, listen, uh, here's, here's what I think we need to do at this point. For me to sell you this service would be to rob you. This is what I'm seeing and I'm super honest with them. And I think the, the prospect was very great, grateful because I think they also realized like, oh, there is more to this. And if we do this properly and we plan it properly, the, the fruits will be present later, right? So it's, is that, so, so that's just being aware and listening and caring. Um, yeah, so I, I think, I think that's, it's just like, I can do business differently and it doesn't have to be what the commercial or like the, um, you know, what we think business is, is like you sell, you get as much profit, all that stuff. It's, it, you, you can get, you can get all that but you need to go in with, with a little bit more intelligence, I feel. And so I was losing, I was more about the money and then I was losing myself. 
as like, I need to connect back as to the why I'm doing this. So, so these individuals in your program, these three mentors, um, do they help you, do they help you identify these things that you can improve on? Or do you come to, do you go to them with, you know, I've identified this thing, what would you do in my situation? It's a bit of both. Um, so I'll come to them with an agenda and I'd like, I'd like to talk about this, but once you get through an hour's conversation, there are things that surface. And so there are new things to work on. Sometimes you're putting the cart before the horse. So they back you up and they're like, you know, they get you to think about where you thought you needed to start here, but you need to start here. Um, so they're, they're trained and they're very good at listening. Even though I think I'm coming in, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to deliver. I could walk out and it was, and something completely different comes up. So yeah, they're, they're very good at, yeah, listening, I, I, like that is what they do. And then they, they don't offer, they try not to steer you in a certain direction. They get you to think through the problem and then they, you create the roadmap. That's, that's what I think a good coach does. But there's three of them. So it's really cool because they're all from different industries or backgrounds. And then sometimes amongst themselves, I'll be sitting there and listening to them uh, debate certain things that I've brought up, which is so cool. Because now I'm an outsider looking into what my problem was, and now I'm hearing all these perspectives, which just makes me like, oh, wow, like I got a team behind my brain, that kind of thing. Like it's really cool. Um, I would encourage anyone to to do uh, to have a, a mentor like that to help with with you, with, with, to help you navigate what leadership is. So as mentors and coaches become uh more accessible let's say um what would you say how would you recommend people look into it to finding the right coach or mentor for them you know what's what's some of that criteria that you would say is is important to look for yeah um that's a tough one because i do feel that there's a lot of coaches that also say they like they say they're they're coaches but they're really not um it's like one of those words that everyone latched onto and they're like, oh, I can be a coach, right? So I was, I was actually, I was referred to, the, to this <clears throat> coaching um, program through, through a, a friend and went through extensive interviews and then was selected as a, an ideal candidate. And their criteria was, we don't care about your business. Well, we do. We're not here to tell you how to run your business. We're here to tell you, we're here to help you with you. In order to do that, you gotta be vulnerable. You gotta tell the truth and you gotta lay it out on the line. And then we'll understand who you are as a leader. So there's like those criteria. Um, so it came to me, it almost came to me because the universe knew I needed something because I was kind of struggling. But I'm sure that there's, uh, depending on the type of coaching you need uh, or mentorship, because there's the business side and all that. I mean, I can't really tell you how to find those people. Obviously I could say common things like a, a Google search. Um, I would just be very weary of, I, I would do my research to understand who those coaches are and what their tenure has been and what they're coming to the table with. Um, but like I said, I was, I was kind of selected on, on, in this program. You mentioned in there that you were you were struggling. Was that both personally and in business on one of the one of the two? Yeah, I mean, if you're struggling in business, it tends to spill over personally. Um, you try not to let that affect your family and stuff. But there's yeah, there was a struggle on, on both sides. And so it took me my awareness to say, I don't like this. This is not comfortable. Uh, and I was on the journey of like, who can I speak to? And then this opportunity came up with this mentorship program, which has been fantastic, um, uh, through platform Calgary, which is awesome. Um, and I haven't looked back cause you know, these, these individuals, I respect them highly and they've challenged me a lot. Right. So you gotta be open to being challenged and all that kind of stuff. But you know, as an entrepreneur, it gets lonely and lonelier as you grow. And I was getting lonely and I felt like I had no one to talk to. And I could talk to my wife, but it's different, right? You need that unbiased um, person or panel to help because they have, they, have no, they have no skin in your game. 
they really just want to listen and then say, okay, we kind of see what's happening here. Have you thought of this, that, etc.? Um, you have to, you have to be willing to say, I feel lost, which I did. It's affecting my personal life and my, my, my work, you know, edgier, different with the staff, different with your family, something's wrong. And so I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is lonely. Um, I, I know we've had conversations about this off camera. Um, besides this, you know, these coaches and mentors and that sort of thing, how do you deal with that? that that feeling that you know um you don't know who to talk to and and you don't you know people don't necessarily understand or you know it's gonna sound fluffy or weird but uh i consume a lot of podcasts i find i follow a lot of uh successful uh podcasters you and i have shared many uh and i journal so i actually just i talk to the paper I, I just write before bed, I just write and I'm like, I'm feeling this, I'm stuck here. And it's amazing how when you just get it out, you feel like you just got rid of something and then the answers start to come and it could take days, whatever, <clears throat> but you get it out. So that's what I've been doing. Um, for the loneliest, lonely, loneliness part, like I've got my mentors and stuff. But a day, on a day-to-day basis, I run to the pad and I start to write. And that has helped a ton. Because um, once you're in your own head, it's easy to kind of stay there and, and spiral. And so I, I just, I feel if I just get it out, it's, it's great. Some people use video. Some people will talk to a video like they're talking to themselves. Some people will look in the mirror and talk to themselves. I haven't tried that yet. I actually want to. I just heard of this recently. Uh, but the writing has been awesome. So I do encourage uh, any entrepreneur who, you know, who's kind of inside their head, they're feeling lonely because it does get lonely at the top. You're not alone. You only feel like you're alone, uh, but at least get some stuff out and then um, that will help. Also that, you know, meeting with other peers, same thing. It's a safe space. And so we just like talk about stuff like, and you feel like you're not getting judged, you're not judging them. So that's another really cool thing. Because we're all, we're all in the same boat. If you say you're not, I think you're lying. Those who, who get come together to talk about these things become stronger. I really do, so. Yeah, you mentioned before too that you uh, you have conversations with your competitors, for lack of better terms, or people doing something similar, you know. Um, I think that's so important and, and it's becoming increasingly uh, common, you know, um, we, we do that in our industry all the time is just check in with our competitors and uh, competitors isn't necessarily the po- a, a wrong way to put it, but you know, these are your peers, these are people that are doing the same thing and they're probably having the same struggles, they're probably going through similar things that you are and why not, why not connect with these people? But I think it does come down to um, vulnerability too, right? It, it takes a certain type of person to say, hey, I know you do the same kind of thing. Can we chat about that? Um, how important is that in, in every relationship? And, and what are those, those uh, interactions with your peers that do similar? What do those look like? Yeah, uh, it's super important. Uh, Communication is important. And, you know, putting the, setting the ego aside and putting yourself out there to extend. Like I, I've expen- extended uh, this ask to many. Some don't even reply back. That's fine. Because the ones that do, like you said, are probably in the same boat. And they've, been, they've also been dying to talk to someone. The ego comes in, I think, when you're dealing with like dollars and cents and you're competitive that way. And you're like, oh, but you work, you know, you got to put that all aside, right? Um, and so I, I literally just reach out. I reach out on LinkedIn. I watch some, some of the competitor stuff that they've been putting out. I'm like, that's really cool. And it's an honest reach out just saying, hey, like we're in the same industry and I've been watching your stuff. It'd be great to grab a coffee, just talk shop, right? Um, and that's kind of how I, I do it. And some will play, some won't, that's fine, right? Um, but you got you to gotta have it in you. It's scary because uh, we're taught to not talk to the competitor. I always say, and this just came to my mind, uh, I, an entrepreneur who goes against 
the rules of an entrepreneur that society tells is the one that gets these really cool experiences. I really think that. Go against the grain. You're already an entrepreneur. You're going against the grain. Go deeper, right? Reach out to your comp competition. Reach out to that person that, um, that maybe you've been judging, right? But there's something there that oh, you may, maybe you're judging them because you're jealous or whatever. Reach out, right? And, and let's get the communication, that human-to-human -human interaction back. Forget social media and what all that's. Don't DM people and just like think that's the relationship. It's like meet in person and just let it out there. And you'll know if it's a fit or not. It's like dating, I guess. Um, I haven't had any bad experiences. I'm sure you could, but yeah. Do you think that uh, that human to human connection was lost over the past couple of years due to COVID and you know? What do you? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I mean, it's like a whole different topic we could talk about. It's amazing how business has changed in the last three years. So if you think of like 2019, and then you come, and then society was forced to do things and conduct themselves in a certain way. And some people got comfortable with that. So it enabled bad behavior. And some of them were like, I, I need people. I think we're in, a, we're in a mix right now. I think there's a lot that are enabled that are like, ooh, I can actually hide and be in my quiet home and work from home or work behind, uh, hide behind my phone. I don't wanna talk to people and they're missing out right but there are some that are so excited to get out there and like redefine business and that's kind of i think that's kind of what i'm doing for myself um redefining how we conduct business and and setting a new path and forgetting that crap right um i did a lot of networking last year which was fantastic so there were more events and all that stuff so i'm happy about that but there's also a lot of things that, you know, let's, let's talk about COVID that caused people to alienate their friends, their colleagues, people were fired. What do you think that does to society? And then how much trust as a human, if you were on the other side of the whole COVID thing and maybe you didn't believe in conforming? Uh, again, I don't want to go too deep into this. Um, I conformed, so, right? But you conform and then you lost people. Now, how trusting are you that everything is normal? No one cares if you have a shot or not anymore. And you have to go back out in society. How scared are your kids and how scared are you? Think about it. But I challenge those people that, you know what, just go back out there. Um, no one's really judging like that. But that, that last three years, holy, you want to talk about a social experiment? Yeah. And then all the stuff that came from it. Everyone is getting exposed. Everyone is getting exposed. So how do you conduct business moving forward, knowing that everyone is watching? Everyone's watching, almost ready to call you out. It's really scary. You go back to this. You go back to this. Just conduct yourself as per your values and use the human element on engagement in business you're not going to get called out because you're honest. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, a couple of things we've been talking about, which is caring for the human first, caring for people first, mm -hmm. and also just being vulnerable about how you feel and what you want and those sort of things. I think that goes a long way in any business interaction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. I, I Like I said, I could go down that rabbit hole, but um, people are still coming out of it. And there's, there's a lot of fear, uh, even in business. And it's like, how do I, how do I conduct myself now? Cause that was pretty traumatic for me. So I think, but I think society will, will turn always back to humanity. Um, and so why don't you be the leader in what you're doing and extend that branch? Some will, some will take it. Some will be like, no. I'm going to flip the page back quite a bit again. And, uh, you, you, you know, we talked about how you're a serial entrepreneur, but then you did go corporate. 
I want to yeah. explore that a little bit. So yeah. what, what, what first drove you to go corporate? Money, right? I was young, oil and gas, let's go. That was the thing. Entrepreneurship's hard. I had probably a vulnerable moment somewhere along those lines saying it's hard, screw this. Went into oil and gas, made a lot of money, lost my soul. And you always come back to your soul. You have to sleep with yourself. You are driven by your soul. And so it was soulless. Um, again, for me, not for everyone. There are some great advantages. I learned a lot. I, I will say this, and maybe it was the universe saying you, you need some etiquette, I guess, some structure. Um, so go in the corporate world where there's rules. Learn how to speak to VPs and presidents and managers. Learn how to conduct yourself. And I was in an HR role, which was perfect because it's a people role. And I learned a lot. Didn't think I was going to. I went in there for the money. I came out with a lot of skills, um, you know, emotional intelligence and all of these things and how to conduct yourself. Um, and then I came back to the entrepreneur world and I haven't looked back since. Um, so I think I needed that, even though I went in for the money. <laughs> it's good to identify why you, why you make those choices, right? To know that you went in for the money and know that you came out because you were soulless. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife knew it. Those close to me knew it. You know, you're staring at a wall and you almost think like you're, you feel like you're stealing from the company because in oil and gas, it was like this. So we were hitting a dip and there's headcount and you're just sitting there and there's literally nothing to do. And my conscience was not good. I was like, I, like I am doing nothing. Like that's horrible, right? You, you are taking money from this corporation. I aligned with who I was and I'm like, no, I, I think I'm gonna try. Like I went into building, I knew nothing about that. We, I had experience with my wife. We've built numerous homes, we understood it. Um, but I surrounded myself with some pretty smart people like Site Super, et cetera, that at least got us started. And I dealt with the people, I dealt with the contracts and I trusted my team and we executed. So, you know, like talk about risk, that was risk, but I did it. So that, that scale, that sliding scale, was it, was it gradual? You know, was this a slow realization that this was the wrong fit for you? Or was it kind of like one day you wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? No, I would say it was gradual for sure. Um, Cause you look at the, I always look at, well, what's next? Like what's the path here? So in the corporate world, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I can become a manager here and do, you know, but it's, just, it's, it was just the same, same thing. Um, there's a lot of rules, like, you know, entrepreneurs like flex, flexibility, even though it's probably even harder, you probably spend more hours working, but it's flexible in a different, different way. So, you know, you look at the path ahead and you say, well, where do I fit in that? And will I be happy? And you start thinking about those things like, you know, months, years ahead, and, and then you come to conclusion. And, you know, sometimes the market dictates that and you're like really low. And then that's where you, well, I, I totally pivoted. So like, I'm a risk taker. I think entrepreneurs need to have a um, tolerance for risk. And I believe I can do anything. So I have lots of self-belief on a big scale daily. Yeah, of course we go through imposter syndrome and all these kinds of things. But um, long term, I'm like, no, I think I could do something like that. I think that's what I'm going to try to do. So do it. It sounds like when you came back to entrepreneurship, there was a lot of conviction. You knew that that was the right thing yeah. to do. Do you ever second guess that decision? Today? No. No. Um, I get depressed thinking about, say it wasn't working, then what? And if I had to, like when you have a family and stuff, you also change. So it's like if I had to bring food on the table and help support my hardworking wife and I had to go back, that like I feel my stomach just dies. So um, yeah, I, entrepreneurism is like where I wanna be. 
doing what I'm doing is actually where I want to be. Like, I love what I'm doing. I love my team. I love my clients. You have a busy business, only getting busier, um, a beautiful young family. Um, how, how do you manage your time? <laughs> Man, I'm pretty structured, actually. G Gina, my wife, would... There are certain... I've got boundaries. Sleep. Health. Because none of that... If that stuff is not there, your business is done. As a leader, you're going to... You're done. So I have a set time I go to bed every day. Um, I have a set workout schedule and also nutrition and like how I feed my body. I'm 40, going to be turning 46, so things are changing and you get, you know, getting older. Uh, I've introduced sauna life into my life, which has been a game changer. I've posted about that. Those are my non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. Um, and then everything else revolves around that. I have seven days. So I don't count weekend. Like, I'm not like, Saturday's coming. It's the weekend. I could have a Saturday on a Tuesday. If I want to go play a round of golf on a Wednesday, I can do that. So I have seven days, and I have so many hours. And it's like, how do I juice every hour? What time am I waking up? And every hour, so my intent for every hour is very focused. That's, that's how I get through it. That's how I get through it. Whereas like some people, you know, maybe they can work an hour and they need a break, you know, social media, do whatever. And then they come back. You know, everyone's different. I juice is met each minute um, and produce value in that minute. And then sometimes the minutes are like, I just want to relax. So I'll juice that. I will intently relax for 45 minutes. So it's just looking, I break it down to like minutes and hours and you realize like, holy, you know, there's quite a bit there. I really love that, that thought process of, of days, minutes, and hours rather than, you know, the Saturday versus the Monday, et cetera. Do you find that it's hard to structure that way with, you know, corporate clients and a team that works Monday to Friday, et cetera? Not, not yet. Not, not so far. Um, I also give, again, back to the values, my team also has that flexibility. Some of them are, we're, we're really kind of moving into this entrepreneurship model where they have their franchise or their own business within the business. They're all very mature and responsible. Um, they have different things in their lives, kids, etc. If they got to go drop their kid to a doctor's appointment at 10 a.m., I don't care. Because I saw them at, like, at 6.30, I got an email in the evening because they're making that up or whatever. But they like that flexibility. Again, if you're going to be resourceful and non-stress between 6.30 and 7.30 in the evening because that, that's kind of your prime time, use it. Take, take, take your kid to the doctor at 1 o'clock. Focus on that. Be intentful with that because you, you can't think about work and then think about your child, etc. So it's all about like what hours you're focused on and then give it that full value, that full service to the business. And so I'm the same way. You know, we shoot emails across on the weekend. I never expect my staff to do that. But because they have somewhat of a flexible um, schedule, they don't, mind to, they don't mind doing that. And so far, the clients have not suffered. In fact, the feedback about our firm is that our communication is off the charts. Going back to that high client touch, it's all aligned, that's our value. How they do it is how they do it, and it's working. So, um, and we're in real estate, so sometimes a client has an email on a Saturday. That's fine. It's working, so. It sounds like the foundation of that structure uh, for your team is, is healthy communication. Yeah. What are some of the methods that you use to ensure that that's, um, that's constantly upheld and everybody feels like they can you know, communicate freely? Um, well, there's the business side. So it's just the values. Like if, if someone, if a client writes us, emails us, um, you know, what's our turnaround? That's on the business side. We have a set turnaround. They actually believe in that turnaround, so they'll do it. Personally, as a leader to them, I, th 
I have to get better, and I've been working very hard, and I've been coached on this, is to not expect that your staff's going to always come to you when they're having an issue. You need to go to them. That's the communication piece that I'm getting better at, as like just dropping in and talking to them. So, but I do try to keep an environment where I'm like, if you guys are struggling with me, with a client, with yourselves, with anything with work, let's let's do this. Let's 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 not hold it in. Um, so there's a lot of that language in what we talk about and what and how I talk to them, and so it's there, and it's there for them to use. And so I would say you know this. Um, Communication is probably one of the biggest breakdowns in business. Whether it's a contract, whether it's with employees, if you don't have that as a major pillar, things will fall through the cracks and things will break. So it is one of our pillars. Uh, we've had clients actually say, holy cow, this we've never experienced this. Can you dial it down a, a bit? Absolutely, we can dial from here to here. We don't have clients saying, we don't hear from you. Where are you? So we're not here to hear. So I'd rather go here and then we'll find, we'll find a nice spot. Got other clients that are like, I love this because you're babysitting me and I need it. And we're like, done, no problem. Because they've got a million other things. So it's really cool, but it's communication. It's huge. I've talked about it a lot today, like you said. And um, yeah, relationships, same thing. Marriage, same thing. It's all full circle. Mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurs and businesses in general always have different definitions of what success looks like to mm -hmm. them. I'm curious as to what, what that looks like to you. Um, it's elements. It's <clears throat> uh, do I love going to work every day? So my day-to-day, -day, me, my soul, every day, do I love what I'm doing? If I wake up with a smile every day, that's a huge check mark. Yeah, we have, you know, there's uh, stresses and stuff, but still you run to the stress. You run to the challenge, you run to the win. So that's huge. Um, I think people that are in business should respect the idea of business and that's making money. You should be profitable. I'm not saying you have to be profitable right away because it's a long game. I'm talking like 10 years, five years in my field. Then you're hitting some really nice numbers. So money, are you respecting the idea of business, profit, loss, all of these things? So you need to, you know, you need to look at the numbers. So that's a check. And then where's this business, what is this business doing for your team and their life? And, and you and your life. So are you building this business to hand off to a team? Are you building this business to sell? You know, what drives you for business? Um, and that's a check for me. So right now, I've created something from nothing and it's the creation that I, that I care about right now. It's like, wow, this thing is really working and more importantly, wow, we're solving problems. This is so cool. That's where I'm at today. That's, that's exactly, it's like, I, I look at the, it's really crazy, I was telling Gina this, I was like, we just want a big contract. She's looking at me and she's like, are you serious? That's like high fives and, and I'm like this. I'm like, yeah, I'm extremely grateful, extremely. My wins were the steps to get to that point. So I had already won it but it was the hurdles and the learnings and the, like the, the work. And then that's the outcome. Uh, it's, the, it's the pieces to the big pie that, that I, I love. So that's what makes me, drives me every day. It's like, can I put these pieces together to make this whole? And that's what gets me. It's really weird, I don't know. So the wins, because they're repeatable, right? Because you know that even if you didn't get this one, then you learned from it, you did yeah. something different, you might get the next one. Yeah. And then you win a contract, but that, sir, that's a win, in, uh, a win in the moment in time. Now we bring the team in and we have to deliver. 
So the next one may be uh, on our call with the client. They're like, guys, this is, you guys are doing awesome. Like we've never seen this. That's a win. Now, how do we sustain that? So it's always steps. It's like, you can't sit back and be like, we're done. Can't do it. How do you ensure that you're always, uh, or as proactive as possible? You have to have a line of sight. Like you have to be one that's able to assess risk. Uh, probability so things of you know okay if I did this what can go wrong so you're having this dialogue constantly in your mind you're 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 not predicting the outcome but you're trying to limit the chances of say failure um, so as it is very important to live in the moment I think it's also important to look ahead and say okay if we put these pieces in place what I know today these things could happen you always get surprised because there's other things that you didn't think about. So it takes someone that can look in the future. And I think that's what a leader does, right? My team is very good at executing, right? I'm the visionary. I will create the plan. I will matrix it like the movie. I will then share with my team. Uh, this is the plan. They'll look at me like, oh, here goes a reef again. How are we going to do this? And I said, I have the structure. I'll explain it to them. And then we see if it works, but I have to look forward. That's what an entrepreneur does. They're a visionary. We've learned from mistakes. How can we change this? Or there's an opportunity right there. Should we do it? Is it aligned? Goes back to like the mission and all the stuff of your business. Not aligned, walk away. Don't walk away. Say no, like whatever, right? So I think it takes the leader, the, the headlights on the car, and the team's driving the car. You talked about mission there and checking back on opportunities compared to that mission, right? Like, you know, there's opportunities and they come up every day. All the time, um, yeah. How do you choose, you know, you, you mentioned kind of checking back on the mission. Do you ever check your mission or like revise that or, or your pillars or anything like that? I have. What does that evaluation process look like? Yeah, I have. I mean, when you feel a little bit of turbulence in your company, you sit there and you reflect and you're like, uh, are we on the right course here? And you go back to your mission and it's like, say it's like we're everything to everyone, something or whatever. And you start to refine that and then you start to get wins and you're like, okay, I think something's here, right? And then you get more wins and then you get more wins and then there's new opportunities, but now you're like, no, you know what? I've tightened this up. Is that opportunity aligned with the mission? Does it complement the mission? Is there some gray? Okay, let's talk about the gray. And that's when you bring the team in and you're like, listen, we have this opportunity. Everyone knows the mission because they, they all tie up to it when it comes to KPIs and bonuses and all that stuff. What do you guys think? Because you're gonna be doing the heavy lifting, not me. And sometimes they have to keep me accountable. And they're like, uh, this is not what we discussed. Why are we doing this? This doesn't make sense. Why are we? So um, the mission is, it's okay for the mission and to change, but I think it has to change with, I think it gets, it gets more and more and more narrower and concrete with the successes. And then you really know, okay, this is what we do. We're not doing nothing else. So, I mean, three years ago, there's no way. Three or four years, four years ago, there's no way. Yeah. You just, I don't think I had a mission. My mission was to get contracts. That's what my mission was. It didn't matter where it came from. Right. So, yeah. Do you find that you've been increasingly successful, or your business has been increasingly successful as you've narrowed down that scope? You know, like a lot of people, we talk about kind of casting a wide net and taking whatever comes in. That's often what people do at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and as you as you proceed, you not only learn more about what you're good at and yeah. your team is good at, but also what you want to do and what fulfills you. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Hundred percent. You you st you start to really define your business. It's a very. That's why they say I think it's a three the three the. Uh, statistic is three years. I think businesses go under or something like that, or their profit, their start start to see profit after three years. Um, I take that loosely, but I can say for a fact today, absolutely um, narrowing that and being true to it has definitely uh, changed the business. Has brought better better clients, better employees, everything we talked about. Um, but you got to look at it and you got to be honest with it and you got to uh, be accountable to it. 
And if you're deviating from it, you got to question yourself and say, okay, why? Because you were solid about this before and all of a sudden now you want to change. That's the thing with the entrepreneur, shiny object syndrome. They see something and that's how we're wired, opportunities. The discipline comes in, no. <laughs> say no. Doesn't matter how much is coming your way. Refer it to someone else. If it's not in your wheelhouse or it's, yeah, we could do it, say no. Or define what you will let in. Maybe there's a, like with us, we get people referring different sectors and I look at it and I say, okay, what impact will it have on my team resource wise? What's our expertise in it if, if needed? Uh, or is this something that's not really gonna be heavy lifting and we can add value? We'll talk about it as a group, but that's usually like 10% or 20%. Um, but that's our rules. Like that, that's, that's okay, right? And so the team's not surprised and we're like deviating from the mission. And, and who we are as a, the values of our company, so. Yeah, you talked about the uh, saying no and how that propels people forward. It's so it's such a weird kind of dichotomy where you know you once as you as you learn and grow, you learn that you know saying no gives you opportunities to to say yes to other things that you might have not even know might have not even known existed. I you know I'm a big guy. I hear me talk about the universe and energy, and I think things will only be presented to you when you're ready. Sometimes you have to give things up and then you have to trust. Scariest thing, saying no to a contract or letting a contract go because you're sitting there thinking, oh, that door's gonna open, the door's gonna open. Life has energy and so energy will not flow through to you if there's blockages. You need to remove those blockages and your intuition knows what those are. Your business knows what those are. The numbers will tell you what they are. And so you need to re remove them and take the risk again, risk, right? And, and then you'll see a change in your team, in yourself, and whether it's you, you, you've got this new renowned energy and you brought in something else because it's open now, whatever it is, you gotta trust it. And I struggle with this every day still, any entrepreneur does. Still work, but I'm aware of it. And I make decisions according to where we want to go in the next three to five years today. You, you talk about those blockages and removing them to, to let energy flow. I love the concept. Um, when, what, what do you find are typical, you know, if there's all these telltales like the numbers and, and your gut and all these things that are telling you to do something or not to do something, why do you find it so hard for people to trust that? Because you got to give something up. And it's, it, there's money, to, like even though if the numbers don't look good, um, as long as you're not losing money, there's money. So as entrepreneurs, we're like, ah, oh, it's okay. We're okay with the 3% profit, right? But you've defined that you're not gonna do anything less than 15, right? Or 10% or whatever it is. But you have this thing that's 3% and it's taking resources and your team and all that. It, we're still human and it's tough to like let go. It's trust, hard for us to trust. So let's just keep it there. Let's let it kind of drag on until we find something else. Like we'll, we'll tell ourselves stories for days. The true test is in yourself and literally saying, I'm gonna do an experiment here. And that's one thing I love to do is experiments with myself. I'm gonna do an experiment here. Man, this is not comfortable at all, but I'm gonna call them and I'm gonna let them go. Let's see what happens. It takes a certain person to do that. Not everyone can do that. And that's the hardest part for entrepreneurs. They'll keep things in their portfolio until something else comes. But what if it was that, that's pl plugging the hole, you pull it out and now something else can come in there. You don't know, because you won't let it go. Challenge, man, that's hard. But I've seen countless uh, success stories when, when that discipline comes into effect and you see businesses absolutely change. Just getting uncomfortable. You have to get uncomfortable. That's where I talk about risk. Risk is uncomfortable. I think entrepreneurs are constantly in, should, should always be in an uncomfortable situation because how are you growing and how are you morphing? You can't be stagnant. 
because something will happen, like the market will change or whatever the case may be. And then you're like flat footed and you don't know what to do. So awesome. What's next? What's next for you? Um, you know, I'm enjoying where I am right now. So the steps to the, to the win, the journey, I'm going to double down on that. Uh, the self, so continue working with myself, my coaches, the things that are uh, non-negotiables that I mentioned, and, uh, you know, my family, um, and, in, and just watching my incredible team grow through this business. I've, I've already seen it. I've seen it for years. Even new hires that we bring in bring magic to the company, and just watching that movie is, like, awesome. So I'm, I'm just in the moment. I'm enjoying... I am enjoying the journey. That's it, right? And just making sure I'm preparing myself for the future uh, as, as a human, like as myself, that I'm healthy and that I'm still gonna be here and as best as I can, some of my control, obviously, but um, everything else will fall into place. So I don't sit there and think, yeah, we have, we have financial goals and stuff like that, but I don't obsess over them. I know if I do these little steps, that's gonna be there probably even bigger than I think. Right. Compounding return. Yeah, so I believe in that. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm flying high. It's great. I'm going to stay on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where can people follow you? Yeah, I, I, last year I did a little test, <laughs> as I do. Um, and I'm really, really interested in link, on LinkedIn. Uh, so I did a lot of stuff on LinkedIn without judging myself and caring what people think, whether I get feedback or not didn't matter. Um, so I want to work on my personal brand, uh, me as a leader, owning a business, all these things. Um, and I want to double down on that. So for me personally, it's going to be LinkedIn. And I want to document kind of what I'm seeing and hearing. So there'll be some business aspects, there'll be this kind of stuff, see where it takes me, but I'm dedicated to it. I don't care how the production quality is. I'm just learning and it'll get better and better. And I want to bring amazing people like yourself along with me if I can um, to share in to share in this like this exposure. Right. People love it. Right. And so if they can learn and get something, that's it. So that's all that matters. So LinkedIn, I would say today is where I'd love people to engage with me. Yeah, I think we talked about a bit about this just before we started recording, but just, you know, sharing that knowledge. That's what this that's what this show is all about. That's what you're all about on LinkedIn and I truly enjoy. You know, if you've enjoyed any of this conversation today, you're sharing nuggets like that every day on LinkedIn. So I'd encourage yeah, you. Yeah, I love it. I love this. I love what you guys are doing. I feel very honored to be part of a successful group of individuals that you've already um, interviewed and then more to come. So yeah, let's all do this together and, and kind of, I think the whole fact that you're exposing, you're not exposing people, but uh, the idea behind what you're doing is allowing people to be like, yeah, man, I'm a human being. And these are the real things that I've encountered as an entrepreneur. And, I, and then people watching are like me too. I don't feel alone. So this is a great forum for people to even listen and say, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what we're all about. You know, it, everybody has something to learn from anybody else. So yeah. if we can help tell that story, that's what we're here for. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for telling your story and your philosophies. And uh, I'm grateful. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there that are too. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, and can't wait to see what else happens in the future. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you.